Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Only a week ago, I was introduced to the world of Sonic Frontiers. Now, that was one of the highlights of my life, but we're back doing the UBP, and maybe it's just as good. Do you know what, know. mate? It was weird. It was obviously like seeing you in person, seeing you so happy because <laughs> of Sonic Frontiers, and then seeing you still just as happy to talk about Sonic yeah. Frontiers via webcam. It's just like that energy has not dissipated one bit. No. Speaking of being happy as well, we have a very quick mug update. We have. Oh, uh, we, yes. we, you, you declared last week, look, if I don't have my mugs by the 30th of September... I was going to Thanos it. I was going to do it myself. <laughs> I'm going to go crazy. Um, and so we got a point of sending the designs over to the person that's producing them. And I think you know a little bit more than me, or you yes. know a little, something, yes. So, uh, you know what we had at our amazing chat where you said, like, uh, the mugs are on their way and then they're not, and I made fun of you <laughs> saying it's a non-story. This is another non-story part two, awesome. Electric Boogaloo, because yeah. basically the designs have been sent over. Adam Cleary has tried to upload them to the site. They have been stuck to uploading and the, the listing has not gone live. There is something about this mug that the people over at Spring, the people Teespring, want where, their wherever they, they do not want to sell these mugs. These are the yeah. mugs that they don't want you to have, people. <laughs> so make sure that when they come online that you buy them so that you can Doctors be part of this number counterculture, just... anti-consumerism, well, I mean, how capitalist long have we been, movement. We've been trying to do it. I mean, it's like we just, all we wanted was just our little squiggly face from the UBP artwork on a mug I feel like it's been like it's been like a year of trying to get stuff on but yeah that was the word I got as well was that they are submitted they just will not for whatever reason be listed Um, fingers crossed by the time that this comes out obviously it's going to be later today they won't Uh be live likely but next week hopefully (laughs) they will be hopefully to begin your October there will be the spookening fright of these mugs appearing in uh, storefronts around the world we will try I know Adam Cleary he's on holiday from today until next week but I think he's back as soon as he's back I'm just going to look at him straight in the nose and just be like, what have you done with the mugs? And hopefully we can get them sorted for next Friday. Um, oh. But yes, overall, this is the Untitled Banner Podcast, the way we take all your questions, thoughts, whatever, the UBP, the UBP. UBP. The UBP. I got that in the wrong order, but it doesn't matter because <laughs> it's Untitled Banner. I'm also Scott Tilford and you're Jules Gill. I am indeed. What else do you need? Well, I'll tell you, it's questions, inquiries, and talking points from the masses. Now, we have an opening question from none other than Dropsy, whose game just launched this week. Now, we're not sponsored by Dropsy whatsoever, um, but Dropsy's game is like a point-and-click adventure thing. The Dropsy, the, the, the giant huggable clown from the video game <laughs> yeah. Dropsy, has to a give question him a full name. for us. 
Yeah, yeah, Jobsy's dropped by. I uh, I just <laughs> got in touch with him on Twitter because I um I, I was liking the page, the Dropsy page, because the game's out this week. I think it's been yeah. on Steam for a yeah, while, yeah, but it's yeah. finally on Switch. And I was liking that page because I like what Dropsy's all about. It reminds me a lot of Newgrounds or Newsgrounds and Salad Fingers and stuff. Yeah. And so I liked the page. And then it came back and I got a notification. And it was like, Dropsy has followed you. And I was like, I know no context of this game. I don't know if it's going to be terrifying or friendly. But I then thought, well, I might as well just ask him if he's got a question because we've got the podcast today. So I was like, Dropsy, what's going on, mate? And he he was like, he replied and said, which video game character gives the best hugs and Aww. the worst and the most damp? So let's do oh, best hugs and the most worst. damp and the squidgiest, like, okay. The squidgiest so, hugs, because I then, I retweeted that and I said, oh, this has made my week. And then Dropsy said um, he gives me a nice warm, damp hug. So we're, we're doing very well. The thing is, though, that, like, if it's a good friend and you're, like, yes. in the throes of uh, going, like, we're at Rise, Scott. It's, like, the <laughs> club in Newcastle. It's 1.30am and we've drunk an enough fire buckets to uh, make our piss turn <laughs> luminous and and could be weaponized in Death Stranding. So yes. if you give me a hug at that point, which I know you want to do because we're both happy. Well, I've done in the Slip knots just come on and the upstairs yeah. one for the fifth time in the night. And we are still <laughs> as excited. The hug that I give you is going to be like a bit sweaty it's it's very it's gonna yeah, it's be moist. warm but it's yeah. gonna be the best hug because in that moment we are one we are one the maggots writhing okay. actually speaking of uh speaking of maggots and slipknot it is their new album release date today and i've not listened to it yet but i've not listened to it either to be honest okay, mate, okay. i was i thought that there was two tracks that i did like on it uh that they put out for singles and then one was called yen and i was there like yeah like, you yawn oh <laughs> <laughs> Nen for me. To be fair, though, Corey Taylor, uh, if you're listening to this, I know that you obviously uh, keep in check with all of the what culture stuff. I'm not having he a dig it. at you in the band. I'm just saying that that wasn't. Uh, I've been just off the back of listening to the self-titled uh, release that was that has sick and uh, wait and bleed. And all oh, that okay. Stuff. So I'd literally come off the back of that and then go from that right. to that. It was a bit like, ooh, we are turning down <laughs> a few gears here. Like, I will balance it out by saying that I really like those singles. But um, yeah, I'm curious what the rest of the uh, album feels like. Anyway, this is going to be a gaming podcast. So, um, gaming characters yeah, sure, that. Sure. Give the best hugs, the worst hugs, the dampest hugs. Best okay, hug the, has to be some, I, I'm going best hug is the bear from Bear and Breakfast. Or oh, Kuma from Tekken, but no, Kuma's no, more I'll break likely... break it back. Break it back. But yeah, exactly. He'll do that hug thing and he'll break you back. Whereas the, the bear from uh, Bear and Breakfast, Hank, is a very lovely man. Yeah, bear. I like that Bear, bear and Breakfast has a <laughs> ton of like elements where you think that things are just going to go so wrong, but it's just mm. so pleasant throughout. <laughs> um, for me, the best hug... Uh, mm-hmm. would be from it would be the blob from boy and his blob because oh, nice. it's so squishy and huggable Hom. it's like is it baymax from the uh baymax that, from the movie yeah yeah i can't remember that's what, from big hero it? six big hero six that's it like the best hugs there was designed to be a huggable sort of support robot and that's what <laughs> the blob from boy and his blob is like but the True. it would also be quite wet and sticky as well because the blob <laughs> is anthropomorphic and takes on the shape of whatever jelly it's a weird game now that i think about I it i love you boy feed, and his blob. you feed the boy the blob jelly beans mm-hmm. and he changes shape depending on that what about yeah. the jelly beans macros microstructure changes <laughs> him so oh i'm gonna turn into a rocket now because you fed me some pineapple jelly just beans. how does that make sense yeah, i think well. it's almost like the inside of kirby where it's just a big old black hole and just you never, never think but about that's it terrifying just, now because when you hug that yeah. you think that oh i'm close to the abyss as it were <laughs> um, I, yeah. Uh, yeah i think the worst hugs my mind goes to the regenerator from resident evil 4 because yeah, just... you'd hug and then spike all the way through you yeah. and plus that sort of like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, just that weird breathing as you're sort of leaning over him. Oh, um, I don't know what your worst worst hug is, but uh, oh, dampest. Okay, you go worst. My worst and dampest. It even yes. outranks the the moistness of the rise one a.m. hug and the boy in his blob. <laughs> hug it is mm. a hug from the great mighty poo from Conker's oh, Bad God. Fur Day that would literally stink. 
you would just fall into it, like sort of like a giant pillow or something. And that would definitely be the most damp as well. I was thinking that if you hugged one of the squid kids, not that I want to go around hugging kids. Yeah, yeah, just like hugging the Splatoon people. I feel like they, they're like they part squid anyway. It's so okay. It's like, if you were also part of that uh, universe, you too would be a squid and a kid now. So It's true. It's very mm. true. I'd be into the best music. I'm a big fan of the old squid punk. I feel Although like they've, they've, got they've, the, uh, they've got the new it. one now, haven't they? They've got the furry mammals are back in the new game, aren't they? Yeah, you've got to um, eradicate them in the story. Just touching them kills you. So I guess that would be a bad weird, way right. to go Weird, well. weird game. Like There's a lot yes. going on with the Splatoon stuff behind the scenes that's just like, you just go like, this is odd. This is really the odd. More Flesh out the law, the less like I, I want love them to, the less I want them to because it's I know it's, because it's they're disturbing. all like oh, humans all died and like Splatoon is like set after and all like the mollusks yeah. and whatever all came to life. And I'm like, that's not as cool. I thought you guys were like a whole other dimension or something. Plus, the end of um Splatoon 2, they had that amazing uh player fest or splat fest mm, where you determined uh, if it was order or chaos going into yep. the new game Spl- Splatoon 3 and chaos won. So you're playing <laughs> this sort of like dystopian horror game, but it yeah. has like a really cute aesthetic. It's weird, very weird. I love like, Splatoon, but yeah. it's I, I don't need to, I don't need the Bible of Splatoon. I like just pretending to be the Squid Kids, <laughs> not much else. Um, yeah, there's a good of selection weird, of hugs there. To be fair, yes. Speaking of weird games, um, I'm going to do one Sonic question a week. Maybe oh, I've got God. at least one. <laughs> okay, go on then. <laughs> From that guy nine two no sorry nine two nine two nine, who says if you could only play one Sonic game and that was all you had to play, which game would you choose? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Oh, Go on. I mean, my mind, my mind says that I want to play Sonic Mania because I just enjoyed mm. that the most. But mm-hmm. I don't think I could play any Sonic game forever. Actually, you know what? I know I could play. I could play Sonic Spinball because of the fact that it's Ooh. it's got just enough Sonic to count as a Sonic game. It's got a mm-hmm. banging soundtrack plus the the randomness of pinball or spinball <laughs> in this game. This game's case means that I would actually have a bit more variety to the mix. True. It's the same levels over and over and over again. It's just like... Mm-hmm. Eh, eh, eh. I was going to say, you can kind of convince yourself that it's not a Sonic game, which yeah. you need to try and get out of that bubble. Um, I've you know become even more ill after playing Sonic Frontiers, and I've been trying to 100% Sonic Generations. I was looking at the Oof. list of hidden achievements, and I've been doing all the challenge, as well. <laughs> challenge levels and everything. I'm in such a Sonic mode, and I can't get out of it. I had it at the start of the year. It's back. I just... I don't know what to do about it. My worry is, though, my friend, is that if you are this deep into the Sonic hole, then mm-hmm. what happens if you become bored of it by the time that Sonic Frontiers drops in a few weeks' time? Like, because you can burn out. And I know you make you, you play things a lot, and then you burn out of the entire genres <laughs> sometimes. I do a bit. I'm like that bit in Hot Fuzz where he's just like, you don't know how to switch off. Yeah. I'm just like, I can't just take a minute. The thing is, the, the sickness has gotten so bad that I'm aware that Sonic Frontiers comes out a day before God of War Ragnarok, <laughs> and I'm more excited for Sonic Frontiers. Honestly, what a... Uh, show of faith by Sega to put their biggest thing like return to form up against God of War the game that <laughs> literally everyone knows about and is talking mm-hmm. about and has so much faith. like that is sending a game out to die and then it kind of feels it? like it although I think they're banking on like because it's PlayStation exclusive that like everyone else will want something to play and then they that. think they'll get a Sonic <laughs> so it's like this like little kid or whatever in the uh, the games <laughs> games emporium walking mm. around just going like oh we, we don't have a PS5 can't get uh, you little Timmy can't get God of War oh I'll tell you what's the next best thing oh Sega's (laughs) Sonic Frontiers it's exactly the same game yeah but in an open world mate you you can run faster and all that next question from Andrew Lord who says thanks for the podcast well thank you very much for listening why do you think games companies insist on announcing games so early with just logos and cinematic trailers it just Mm. means the game that you build in your head is often just better than what you end up getting Mm. why not just announce it when it's nearly ready Um, shareholders 
and uh, people to invest. Marketing 101, isn't it? You've mm-hmm. just got to get hype train going as quickly as possible. Um, most people usually use these teasers and trailers as basically, like you say, Scott, to mm. appease uh, shareholders. They usually do it around sort of quarterly budget time so that you can just mm. pump up the numbers, increase your, your stock share price, or just make sure that people who have already invested lots of money in your company can see ahead of what the roadmap is going to be so they don't want to pull their money out and move on to other things. Um, yeah. When it comes to the consumer... It usually comes alongside uh, a subtle pre-order or a pre-registering of interest or having some website appear that have a countdown that you have to give your data Mm. to. There is always, uh, whenever there is a splash logo or a tiny teaser coming out, there is Mm. always the insidious hand of marketing ready to grasp your details, (laughs) your bank cards or anything else. So long story short... Uh yeah, uh, gr- grime, money. just pure grime, mate. Just pure. Grime. It reminds me of um, like the you know, the reality of the of the various uh, shows like E three or trade shows and stuff. Most of those things are just to keep shareholders informed or maybe to gain additional investment mm. rather than please the fans. Sometimes those things come together. Um, but to everything that Jules just said that made me think of um, Beyond Good and Evil two when uh, Ubisoft was staving off hostile uh, IA hostile takeover from Vicari, uh I think it was from Vivendi, and they just announced Beyond Good and Evil two to be like, oh, we've got stuff in the works. You yeah. can't take us over. Yeah. And then it's been. What five years, six years? We saw a tech demo and nothing else. Yeah, we saw the amazing, admittedly amazing trailer, animated mm. trailer. We saw the pretty ropey looking gameplay slice that they put <laughs> out, and then yeah. nothing else since. No, all of that poor man's tears were for nothing at the moment. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was. I forget who the, the project lead was. It might have been Michelle Ansel, but they're not on board anymore. I think all we have Which is the is idea actually that it was heartbreaking because the yeah. fact that they waited so long that they lost mm-hmm. the one person who was basically keeping that entire thing alive yeah but i think overall um yeah the, the brass tax reality is that it tends to be investment shareholder stuff um, i think if they can just there's all that mindshare wing of marketing or advertising where it's like if you can get people talking about your game and um, then eventually you'll be able to capitalize on it but there's always a peak and a trough and a drop off and if you don't nail that date then sometimes things go on too long and you stop caring yeah but they try and get that right it's it's like a sort of wave uh, shape isn't it you're just kind of yep. like trying to catch that sort of uh, crest of hype and then just trying mm-hmm. to eke it out for as long as possible before interest dies off like you say but mm-hmm. so many games go through the tumultuous wave shape because they're not the only game it's not a game released in isolation there's mm-hmm. a million other things that are coming out and a million other like ident splashes trailers mm-hmm. and uh, gameplay slices coming out so it, it's almost worthless outside <laughs> of a shareholder perspective because the yeah. consumer the general consumer like me and you will forget about a game uh, if it's not within a six to well, eight month uh, window of release where Metroid is right now, where we know Metroid Prime 4 is coming, it's been restarted, whatever, um, and the rumors are that Metroid, that Nintendo have a Metroid trilogy ready to put on the Switch, an HD remake or whatever mm-hmm. of the originals, and they're just waiting. They're going to kind of almost reset the entire marketing spin and then try and capitalize on what will assumedly become another wave of hype or whatever. Um, but yeah, overall, unless you're someone like a Rockstar or a Bethesda and you can afford to hold all your cards close to your chest until launch when something's ready, um, they, it tends to be more money-focused and they need to get more money in. Um, to make sure you can actually get through development or whatever it is it's, and then tie that in with marketing. It's interesting that you should mention Rockstar actually because mm-hmm. obviously considering the recent GTA 6 <laughs> leak um, do you yeah. know what though that that's actually put so much interest back into the game because mm-hmm. people have now seen uh, even though they shouldn't have done uh, what the game has got to offer in terms of potential and uh, mm. what graphics set that it's running with and mm. you know what that's got people speaking about the game more positively than have been in the last uh, year because of the fact, well, if you remember all the behind-the-scenes issues, people pulling out, like, directors leaving the uh, Rockstar and wanting to do other things. Like, mm. the game was uh, aimless and had to be restarted from the ground up. But this, 
has actually got people thinking of it in a positive light, which is interesting mm-hmm. that a leak has done more positive press for the game than any of their marketing buzz has done for it so far. Well, that was my thing, because I, I obviously a lot of the comments that got retweeted and things that got shared around was people like just, you know, crapping all over it and just saying, like, oh my God, I can't believe it looks like this. And it's like, I well, it's a 2019 pe- yeah. build, you know, yeah. you're years away from launch. But I, I always thought that those people were in the minority. Um, overall, I thought people sort of looked at it and understood that it was in progress and went, well, that's potentially interesting. There's robbery mechanics and everything else. Yeah. There's things to build on from here. And there's that the fact that you said, which is people are talking about the game. It yeah. is it is like still trending on certain aspects of Twitter. People are still talking about it in terms of like how game dev, dev cycles need to be more transparent or like yes, how totally. other like devs are jumping on board to share their work mm-hmm. and progress stuff in, sh- in signs of support. It's like that level of conversation is worth more than hundreds of thousands of pounds spent on trailers because you're talking about GTA 6 in a natural organic way that Mm -hmm. is not markets, we're not using buzzwords, we're just talking about it and it's therefore in the public consciousness and that's where like every marketing like person's like wet (laughs) dream they're basically just like yes, thank I don't have to do anything you're talking about the game already Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. 
Well, the thing is, like, I, I was going to do a piece to come about this. I was going to do, like, a solo ranty thing about this. Because I was like, video game advertising, video game marketing, and the roll-up to launch is so broken. Because, like, we don't, like, they should be showing off this stuff way more often. Like mm-hmm. you said, after the Rockstar stuff uh, leaked, loads of devs went, well, this is what our game looked like, you know, two years before launch or whatever. And you saw everything from Control to God of War and whatever. And God of War was on fire until, like, yeah, two months looked, before launch. It looked launch. awful, didn't it? Like- but for me, like, gaming marketing, video game marketing should embrace that stuff and be like, look at what, what look at what we've got so far. We're, we're aiming for this. Look at what we're yeah. trying to do. Mm-hmm. Get everybody excited about that and go like, you know, this is what we're aiming for. And you get around all the downgrade stuff that way because it's like, well, we'll hopefully make it look like this, but we had to trade some of the graphics off to make this physics engine work or whatever. But you get people on board with that and you get, you do a step-by-step thing or whatever. Not every step of the way, but like there's something there that I think people will respond to if you care about the craft of a game and then you capitalize on it, you maximize it at launch by saying like, this is the best we can do and we'll patch some of it later or whatever yeah, rather than agree. the cloak and dagger smoke and mirror stuff where it's just here's a version here's a cg trailer here's a vertical slice that they're mm-hmm. never gonna hit ever you know i would rather have it that it was in progress a good example was um how ea managed to capitalize a lot of goodwill with uh, the recent skate 4 totally. um, which obviously is now just called skate um mm-hmm. they were like the game isn't ready but here's what it looks like now and people in the comments were just constantly like i'm so glad that people are showing us this behind yeah. the scenes stuff because it shows that they care about the product that they're willing to take time and keep us informed about what product they're ty- trying to make. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that did fall off a cliff when they announced that it was uh, <laughs> just going to be called Skate and it was going to be a free-to-play open-world game and uh, it was so, gonna, yeah. it's just going to have bucket loads of microtransactions in. I'm still curious so, what eh, that is, eh. but yeah, like the initial thing was like, oh, okay, God, we're still EA, we still need to go down here. It's Ironic. like the Dead Space... Oh, oh sorry, no, 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 you carry on, mate. The, uh, the Dead Space remake on the Xbox listing for it says that it has in-app purchases. Yeah. So we're all just waiting to see what the hell that thing's going to be. Yeah, because it's like, uh, go quickly going back to the Skate 4 thing, it's like, mm. it's funny how uh, all of the goodwill that was generated was from the developers basically making a video diary saying this mm-hmm. is the passion project from our perspective. And the moment that Skate lost that was when Skate became a game and <laughs> EA basically put their publishing clause on it and said like, let's talk about the actual stuff now. Like, yeah. like, people are talking about Skate. Let's tell them all again. Where's the money? Yeah, how do we mine this love and get the money out? Yeah, um, yeah. I think um, overall, I think a lot more can be done. Can be done with making ofs of games. Like there are so few. I know I've talked about this a few times on different podcasts, sure, and sure, sure. news videos and stuff. But I just feel like that's the solution to this. And the response to GTA Six from the industry is just that's how you do video game marketing. You don't yeah. try and mimic films. You let people know that these things are in progress, the same way as an on-set location um, picture that was taken by the paparazzi or something. You wouldn't take that as a final product. So yeah. I think that um, publishers are really scared to show people behind the doors of what they're working on because they just are so panicky about their ideas Mm. being stolen, copied, borrowed, and then done by the time that they actually get out. Because let's say you show off this incredible new mechanic uh, and it's brand new then, but by the time that the game comes out because of delays and issues, somebody else has already copied it. That's a really good point. But what it takes is an outsider, like how Indie Game the movie was people making a film about indie games. Mm. It takes that outside force to look into the industry to bring mm. more light to it and I wish that we had sort of more like imagine like a Louis Theroux style figure that was able to do <laughs> for what uh, crazy and sort of like uh, niche aspects of humanity do that but for mm. gaming like to mm-hmm. go in there somebody to be an investigative investigative journalist who documents yes. their work in film or uh, episodic format so I like, we get um... that connection. Yeah, definitely. I, that, yeah, that's Indie Game the movie is a really good example of that. I feel like the uh, the Double Fine Adventure movie is quite good for that in terms of going from mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. sketches on a napkin, sketches in a literal sketchbook, all the way through to the finest thing, fair finished thing. Uh, Daniel Dwyer stuff over on No Clip is quite close to that, but not yeah. 
not um, super granular, like you're saying, you don't have like an actual individual meeting up with every department and, and walking through every step of it. But yeah, I just think if you're if you really love video games and you're hungry for the medium and how things are put together, then there's so much more to tell you so that you understand how it all comes together and like in a really fun, informative way that would mm-hmm. only make you love the final product even more. Mm-hmm. So maybe something will be get done in that regard now that we've had the Rockstar stuff. Um, but we'll have to keep an eye on it. Um, next question from a gaming dad who says, why does Street Fighter EX Plus Alpha get no love? I remember playing it in the arcade and as soon as it was announced for a console release, it was straight on my Christmas list and I had a blast. My theory is people couldn't handle the change in art style, but I'm interested in your take. Now, I know you're a Street Fighter man, so I thought you might know. Now, is this uh, the one where they made the jump to 3D? Because uh, I, I need to double check this one because I, I know that when they made the jump to 3D, that was a very unpopular decision and <laughs> it went pretty swiftly. Oh, back it is. From yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, is that the 3D one. one. Yeah, because I, I, I was thinking like this name sticks in my craw for some reason. I can't mm-hmm. exactly remember why. Now, don't get me wrong. It's still made by Capcom. It's still more than a competent fighting game. But the mm-hmm. problem is, is that because you're adding in a brand new element of 3D space, it made the graphics look so much worse when you had like that amazing hand-drawn uh, art mm. style that was just, sorry, the, the pixelated thing that just looked mm-hmm. so detailed on its own 2D format. Mm-hmm. Taking it to 3D, you lost a lot of that detail. You lost a lot yeah. of it. Like, it was so blocky in certain areas. And to be honest, it added in a whole new issue with hitboxes from where does a hitbox connect from a 3D perspective. And mm-hmm. admittedly, I don't think that Capcom hit the uh, the nail on the head all the way across the board with that one. A mm. limited character roster as well, including in new characters who weren't exactly fan favourites going forward. I'd say that right. it's still a very competent fighter, but it is not my personal favourite, like, mate. Street Fighter 3 was my first one. Like, I played Street Fighter 2 in the arcades. I had Street Fighter 3 on the PS1. Yep. I don't know which permeation of it it was. It wasn't the 3D one. Alpha, th- um, Alpha 3, was that the one? Because I think possibly, that's like, yeah, yeah, possibly Alpha 3. Which was and a I remember phenomenal thinking, game, by the way. Yes, like, I love that game's art style. And obviously, Street Fighter 4 onwards, we've had sort of like, almost like a mix of the two, like you were saying before, of almost like a hand-drawn, like, it, it, uh, it makes you think of hand-drawn imagery, yeah. even though it's pixel art. Um, and I feel like, um, obviously, the newest Street Fighter is absolutely gorgeous. It's like, so we had last good playing it like, last week. And so, like, yeah, I feel like they've kind of found a nice like line down the middle and so like that whole approach that I guess um, X plus Alpha must have done is kind of almost like a virtual fighter where you strip away all the the inkiness the hand drawnness mm-hmm. and it's more just blocky PS1 style or late 90s style graphics which just didn't land with most people it was flash and fun it was without flash but had the fundamentals down to build on going forward mm. because I mean when I tell you what when Street Fighter uh, 4 came out and mm. obviously it was rocking that sort of 3D perspective my lord did that game still, <laughs> still looks great to this day I still yeah. maintain it's uh, yeah, I think, uh, and plus, uh, yeah, you carry that all that um, general intention through a Street Fighter Six. For me, they're on the top of their game right now. Like, yeah. I think all that stuff has, has fed in quite nicely. For that game to come out, Cannot I know. Wait. I thought it was this year. It's it's next, but um, I know. But still. It, uh, it still looks solid. Next question from Jacob Wright, who says, UBP Muggate. Well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see if we still got Muggate next week. Um, hope we're doing well. Same to you. Have there been any, sorry, has there been a game console that you wish you had the chance to play when you were younger? Mine lately has been the GameCube. Um, oh, yeah. Mine, I, yeah. Oh, go on. Well, I, I had, um, I didn't have access to uh, Sega Mega Drive or mm. Genesis to those oh, really? across the pond. No, I was um, always a Schneers guy. A and, Schneers boy. Um, then I moved into the PlayStation 1 after that. Uh, cool. And I just kind of wished that I'd had a Mega Drive to play on mm. at some point. Um, it kind of like passed we, we me almost by. Switched, we almost switched places because I, I was going to say the Super Nintendo because I didn't get to play any SNES games until way later because I was a Sega kid. So I was the one going like, oh, Mario's for kids. Oh, I've got Comic Zone. 
tone. And then like oh, being that guy. What a legend, man. <laughs> and, uh, you know, being a huge Sonic fan, obviously. And so I never never got onto it for, for, for ages. Um, so we could almost switch. Like my childhood rem- memories are all, are all associated with Altered Beast and Sonic and Sega stuff and Comic Zone. Um, whereas I have to imagine that playing Super Mario World when you're a kid would have been life-changing <laughs> life it, affair it was absolutely crazy and then backing that up with the likes of the, uh, the legend of zelda um linked to the past and then you mm. had obviously um metroid super sorry super metroid when that came out man man uh-huh. like spoiled for choices on the first party titles but then you were backed up with a bevy of other games and the best thing is is that there's um a pair of lads out there who have a youtube channel called console wars and what mm-hmm. they do is they find the game uh, a game that was released on both the genesis or mega drive i'm just going to call it mega drive it's easier for me yeah. um and these and the schneers and um they basically play them uh, in isolation and then come back and have an argument over oh, which cool. game was better and show the, dif- the differences between it because mm-hmm. in the majority of time the name of the game was the same but it was a completely different experience because the hardware mm. was totally different like the sound chips were totally different so the soundtrack was completely like different between games in mm-hmm. some cases they were they weren't just like different levels in the same structure it was completely different genres almost in terms of old consoles what do you think of that stuff I like got my N64 for my 30th or whatever and I keep eyeing up a GameCube myself I don't mm-hmm. know if I would have enjoyed it at the time because I was such a PlayStation 2 guy, but the GameCube's next on my list. I think that's the one that I'll get next where I can play a bunch of stuff yeah. that has just never been re-released or whatever. I don't know if you think that way or if you'll just emulate it instead. I was lucky in the sense that I got a GameCube in the dying days of the, <laughs> the console. So basically mm-hmm. I got it for super cheap. I had all of the games library to play on. I played all the way through all the oh. first party games. I had like the likes of um, the Star Wars Rogue Squadron 1, 2, and 3 nice. to play. I played I still need all- to play them. Uh, they're, they're amazing games mm-hmm. and I had such a blast with that and then once I was done with all of those games that I wanted to play I was like cool right now I'm going to jump onto like the 360 <laughs> or the PS3 at this point now and I mm-hmm. just sold the GameCube straight away I had no emotional attachment to it I was like cool yep done bye so I was gonna say, does it feel like you is there any console that you feel you've missed in terms of like game history because like GameCube's my only one I think um, like I had all the Game Boys I never never else. played a, a Virtual Boy I would like to oh, give that cool, try yeah, even though either. I've heard that it is migraine inducing <laughs> um, in terms of like consoles I would like to try that glove thing what was oh, that the glove Nintendo the Power, Power Glove, glove. Oh, yeah, man. it was awful it was so <laughs> bad the only thing worse than that was they sold an accessory that was basically like a prototype headset you put it on right. and you could in its own words you could give voice commands to it but the problem right. was is that it didn't recognise it at all so mm. there was like a uh, airplane game where you could if you wanted to and didn't want to use the controller say fire into the microphone and it would right. fire one shot so you'd have to go fire <laughs> fire 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 again, as and, fast again as and again it was awful so bad the idea yeah the idea of the part because i was thinking all the stadia stuff that's going on the stadia just got shut down you can check our yeah. news video on the channel um inevitable i thought stadia was done last year and then it's died again had it for whatever even, reason wasn't even aware that it was still going i thought well, that it had come out of the gate it fallen on its ass and i assumed it was dead from that point yeah well they, they sort of like they announced that it would they'd be shutting down all future production whatever it was last year what were they producing for it well I know and then it was like well the service is live so if you've bought stuff you can still play it but then that's what they're shutting down in January next Ah, year but yeah speaking of the power glove um, when the stadium was announced the power glove was one of three consoles that they had outside the big reveal event where it was like um, they had the Atari there the power glove and they had the Dreamcast um, which are are known as like some of the biggest failures of all time and now (laughs) Stadia is just joining it because it was like oh what's next guys and it's like this thing that has now fallen on its face I would actually just of you saying that I would like like to own a Dreamcast at some point. Um, Same. Because yeah. it's there's not many games on it in total, mm. but the games that are on it are kind of like well regarded as being some of the best ones. Like um mm. is it Sonic 
CD, I want to say. Is that the one that's CD's on? CD's on the Mega CD, and then oh, like Sonic Adventure was on the Dreamcast. Oh, maybe but, I'm like, thinking of this, of this. Oh, I might be thinking of Sonic because I'm thinking of Doshin the Giant. Double okay. D. That's the one <laughs> yeah, that I want. Doshin's a thing. Yeah, that's the because that's the game I want to the play. Big yellow never, yeah, I've never played it, and I really yeah, want yeah. to. And I don't want to bother <laughs> like d- downloading an emulator for that thing just to play that do. one game. I could do, but it's just I like, like the. There was a racing game, um, oh, Metropolis Street Racer, I think it was called. Metropolis? And I, no, don't remember. I think that it's one. MSR. I think that's what that was. And I played that when I was a kid. I had like a stunt-based scoring system, and I remember thinking that was really, really cool. And it was like back then, before the Dreamcast had its boom bust thing, the Dreamcast was like the, the next, you know, the successor or whatever. I mean, and, it uh, looked I amazing the, at the time. I, I remember the graphics for that, that. All the games that came out for it, I was like, mm-hmm. whoa. Well, okay. that, and um, I remember when Sonic R. I'm mean, talking about Sonic so much. Oh, but I remember when Sonic R got announced <laughs> and shown. I hate and Sonic I was, like, R. I, I never played. It, but like when I was a kid, I was like, "Oh my god, it's Sonic in 3D!" And then like I just that was I couldn't get a Saturn, so I just had to like watch from afar. But if it was terrible anyway, then maybe I'm all right. Yeah, skip that one. It's a hard <laughs> pass for Sonic. Oh, my Sonic friend. Fighters as well. Just, it's like the, the games that are just the worst. Sonic Fighters is at least you can have some laughs at right. with it, but Sonic R oh, is just God. It feels like you're. <laughs> You're having your face ground into the floor. You know, like A Train, he like grabs that guy and drags him along behind him. Oh, and the yeah, boys. Yeah. It's like that, but on that your That is very what being soul. a Sonic fan is. Just sort of getting every part of you slowly chipped away at. And then having um, your body propped up and then patted on the cheek and be like, there, there, there. Have, have, a, have a sherbet. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> have a you've already died inside. Um, next question from Darren Martin, who says, hey guys, you guys are smashing the podcast recently as always. I hope you. you're both doing well. Thank you very much. Uh, not gaming related, but wanting to know what courses you guys studied at uni. P.S. Ah. Sonic will never be gay of the year? Uh, what? <laughs> I mean, where, have you seen Frontiers? The whole okay, boss so, fight's leaked. But that means now, Scott, that you have to what? put it in contention for your game of the year. <laughs> like, like, at some point, when we come down to our end of the year videos, mm. it has to be talked about. Like, no matter I could, what, I could it do... has to be talked about. Yeah, I could do a, a legit objective reasoning comparison between Elden Ring and Sonic Frontiers. I will Please do don't. that. Please as don't. A video. The internet will kill you. The internet will literally <laughs> crucify you. I'll try and take it as seriously as possible. And everyone listening to my voice right now will know that it's a joke, but I'll put it up seriously. <laughs> no, mate, trust me. There are, there are a lot of people out there who do not get sarcasm. They do not no. get intent at all. Like it's, <laughs> like it's like, no, no, no. The words that are coming out of your mouth are the literal like truth. It's as like, if no, it was no, just no, verbatim no, no. in text. Um, so yeah, speaking of uni stuff, um, I went to two universities, both in the uh, northeast of uh, England in Newcastle. And so at Northumbria Uni, I did media and advertising. And then nice. one of the modules there was uh, technoculture. And so I'd always wanted to do, um, at the time I was trying to be like a music journalist. And I had my own website and I was interviewing bands. I used to just ring them up and be like, can I come to you with a camera and talk to you for a bit? And uh, I used to do all that stuff. And then we did technoculture. Um, and I met my now wife back then too. And she was like, you love games. Why don't you do game stuff? And so when I was at Newcastle Uni. Uh, actually, the order of that switched around a little bit. I did Technoculture. I was I'll do game coverage. Went to Newcastle Uni. Met my then wife mm-hmm. and uh, or now wife and uh, and switched over to doing um, media and journalism. And then the journalism wing of it let me do a little bit more music stuff. But then music coverage is just so hard to get off the ground. Yeah. And I pivoted into gaming stuff because my wife was like, "You should do game stuff because that's <laughs> all you ever talk about for the love of God." And so I did that. Thing is, uh, is that I have never met a person who is as passionate about video games as you, man. So if uh, thank you, it, like it, seeing you go down the route of music, even though I know you love music pretty much just as much, mm. it just would have been thing, weird. Yeah. It would have been so odd. Be like, I think hey, a different reality Scott, where we're doing a music, music. doesn't sound right. Doesn't sound <laughs> right. Like we could have been doing the the entire podcast about the new Slipknot. Like an alternate reality, done. us is doing a podcast about music, and they're getting a couple of gaming questions, and then they get back onto Slipknot. Yeah, they're just kind right, of like, remember, guys, this isn't a gaming podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird life that would be. Yeah. yeah. Um, of all university me, for you. 
Uh, I went to Exeter University and I did uh, English Lit there and nice. then um, did my Masters in English and Film. As you can <laughs> tell from all of this, it has served my <laughs> career wonderfully in that I can talk sometimes and I have seen a <laughs> film. So there we go. That worked really well in terms of your, like, like you have a specific trajectory from that uni course into this. Did like, mine was bollocks, like... mate. Like... <laughs> Like, I don't mean in terms of real life. I know you went off and did stuff. But yeah. like in terms of like what it's supposed to be pushing you in the direction of, it's sort of like to them it would make sense. Are we set him off and he oh, look at him, oh, he's doing yeah, 100%. this. Now. There's some like if my um tutors or like my course leaders like got wind of what I do now, they'd probably just be like, Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. This is why I mean, you need to start. do you need to do this because we we put him on the right path. He could have gone into something <laughs> boring like sales or like uh marketing or like <laughs> economics. He could have he could have made some money or made something of his yeah, like, yeah. No, 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 no. No, no, there's more money in the UBP. Yeah, the, uh, exactly. Mug sales, That's where it is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you just wait till those mugs get listed. Where uh, no looking back. Um, next question from a Vernon Punk base who says UBP UBP UBP. Hey, Hope you and yours are doing well. Question: If you could have voiced one video game character, who would it be? From which game and why? Doesn't mean your voice needs to match who they pick, who you pick, um, but just something that you would have enjoyed. Now, I well, used to worship Solid Snake, so I'm going to go down oh, the Solid Snake You route. would be perfect as Solid Snake, <laughs> because it's like, I would love being on the codec call with you. And it's kind of like, it's like, Snake, you've got to sneak into this uh, this research facility. The bombs are about to go off, and you'd be like, well... <laughs> are they, though? I are mean, you've probably are... got time. I don't know. I'm looking up at the top right corner, there's definitely a countdown that says I've got more time than you're telling me. Uh, yeah, Leave it till would, the very end. You would boss that, mate. Can you do, uh, just you. for the people at home, can you do the um, opening to Metal Gear Solid Five Ground Zero? where he says like to the camera like missed me or whatever it was like oh he looks at the camera catch you waiting, um, waiting huh oh, but it's like the way that uh, Kiefer does it he, he gets the intonation wrong and he says like it's something else where he says like catch you waiting huh or something like that and it's like <laughs> okay Kiefer like, do you want to do another enough, take of that but... Kiefer no one take he's like Calculon I'll be in my <laughs> one trailer one take Kiefer that's what they call him yeah that's um, it yeah but uh, yeah I'd go Solid Snake how about you uh, for me even though I would love like this is the thing there's, a, there's an egocentric part of my brain which would want a huge part because then I think to myself <laughs> I'd be everywhere. Like if I was um, Kratos, for example, I would be all mm. the talk of the town right now. Mm-hmm. But I think that in terms of quotability and longevity, I would yes. like to voice, have voiced uh, the merchant from Resident Evil 4. Oh. Because then just like that, <laughs> what are you buying? <laughs> what are you, you selling? <laughs> he feels like um, sort of like the average drunk that you just come across in a city, but he's yeah. actually got the goods. So he's <laughs> yeah. not just trying to open his coat to you and hope for the best. All right, me. All right, how's it going, me? Let's go. <laughs> Do you want to save? Yeah, let's some, some you, stuff? Want, you want to save me? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want some gear? I'll write, I'll write you down in book. <laughs> Do this Scouse remake of Everest oh, the Old Give it a long enough timeline. Capcom will get there eventually. Um, so, yes, massive thank you to everybody for sending in their various questions and talking points and stuff. This has been the Untitled Banner Podcast, the UBP, the UBP. UBP. The UBP. The UBP. Hopefully next week we will have mugs for you and update. Maybe we'll take a photo of them or something when they're real. We I, I do don't that. know if I believe that future either, but we'll see how we go. Um, for now, though, I've been Scott Tilford. You've been Jules Gill. I have indeed, and thanks for having me. And remember that you can always go and swing by our uh, Twitter handles over on yes. Twitter to stay up to date with all of the UBP question uh, call-out. Shenanigans. Which, which is going to be next Thursday. Uh, I'm at RetroJ, but the O is a zero, and Scott is at uh, slash LP89. So check yes. those out every Thursday for your chance to get your questions answered on the world's greatest and let's not forget (laughs) most untitled banter podcast hell yes we'll catch you next week bye everyone (laughs) goodbye
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag. A watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.